The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm the Executive Minister and Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. I'm in the midst of a series titled Johnny Coleman, the Civil Rights Leader of the Mind. And we've had several different people who have worked with Reverend Coleman through the years. But today we have a very unique perspective. Today we're going to talk to people who launched their lives and the successes that they have accomplished under the teachings and on the foundation of the teachings of the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman under Christ Universal Temple as members of the youth of the youth ministry. So today we will have a perspective that allows us to see what can happen when you raise your children in truth. And I think that's a powerful conversation to have. So today we have on the show uh, the Reverend Kevin Ross. How you doing there, Reverend Kevin Ross, who's the senior minister of Unity of Sacramento? How you doing there, Reverend I'm Ross? Great. I'm great, Galen. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. We have uh, author Yatasha Womack, who has written a lot of books and is well known for her uh, book, Afrofuturism. How you doing there, uh, Yatasha? I'm fantastic. How are you? Doing well, doing well. We have the Christ Universal Temple uh, President of the Board of Directors, uh, Ms. Tiffany White. How are you doing there, Tiffany? I am doing great, thanks. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. And we have the Chief Operating Officer of Christ Universal Temple, Attorney Gavin Jackson, on the call. How are you doing there, uh, Gavin? Great to be here, brother. Thanks for having me. Beautiful, beautiful. So uh, without wasting any time, I wanted to just ask the question, and I guess I'll just ask them in the order that I just went in, to talk about Johnny Coleman from the, the Civil Rights Leader of the Mind. Before we start to, you know, really drill down into that concept, can you uh, talk about, and we'll start with Reverend Ross, talk about who Johnny Coleman was to you? Well, um, a spiritual mother, um, a, a 3 a.m. friend, a confidant, 
um, a mentor, a master mentor, master teacher, um, and and someone who embodied um, for me the the principles that she espoused, and so she was a way shower um, in in my life, and um, and has um, inspired me to do the things that I've done. Um, um, from the point, uh, from the earliest point that I can remember. She's my first, outside of my biological parents, she was my very first teacher. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Yatasha, who was uh, the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman to you? Oh, well, first, let me thank you for inviting me to be a part of this show. Um, I just want to give you a heads up, too. I'm probably going to say some of the same things that uh, Kevin Ross said, but I have to let you know I can't hear Kevin. So we'll get that handled on the production side. Okay, fantastic. Um, so if we all say she's glorious and wonderful, uh, you'll at least know that uh, <laughs> I'm not repeating him intentionally. Um, Got it. But, well, that's my I think uh, – in demonstrating truth and being a teacher of truth, she was the foremost example of how to live a life and, and navigate a world and embrace your uniqueness uh, and really celebrate your your relationship uh, with the universe and and to be bold and, and bright and 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 well, bold and bright, and and um, brave, I would say, in living the kind of life that best reflects your higher self. And that was something that I assumed was a norm um, because I, I grew up in an institution that obviously she created. And in growing up in that that sense, it, it just really laid a foundation for feeling comfortable stepping out on your own and and being who you need to be uh, in embracing vision. Yes, yes, definitely. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Tiffany, uh, who was uh, the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman to you? Well, Reverend Coleman was a lot of things to me, but to, to, to name a few, I would say he was a mother figure to me. He was a role model to me. She was a dynamic leader and personality and a trailblazer, and especially being raised, seeing a, a strong female leader, she was just so dynamic. And, and last but not least, she was a fellow Aquarian, and we actually shared the same birthday. So oh, he, I forgot he, that. He that had, is true. Had yeah. A lot of things in common. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> Get the, yes, yes. Were you complete? I didn't want to. I, I realized I started laughing oh, and cut know. you off. Okay. No, that's okay. You know, I just save that one for last. That's it. <laughs> all right. All right. Beautiful. Gavin, who is uh, Reverend Coleman to you? Uh, well, in, in my household, Re Reverend Coleman was um, as esteemed a way shower almost as Jesus the Christ. Uh, my parents, one of their first dates was in a basic truth one class with um, Reverend, Hoel, Reverend Harrell under Reverend Coleman. And so my parents were dating by going to church with going to church under Reverend Coleman. So her voice was in my home before I ever met her. And I like the idea that, that Tiffany brought up of her as a model 
because I think I did see her because, you know, being born in the church, that that was the model of a black woman. That was the model of women. I had to almost get older to find out that everybody did not think like us, that every woman did not move like Reverend Coleman. It was my mom, my grandmother, and Reverend Coleman. I'm like, yeah, this is exactly how women act, and this is the spirituality and strength and leadership that you see everywhere. Okay, thank you, thank you. So when, um, Reverend Rawls, when you were um, developing as um, a minister in, the, you know, in taking on your own roles and responsibilities, as a leader, how did Reverend Coleman influence your current ministerial leadership style? Well, the, the first word that comes to mind is, courage and boldness you know this is something that she embodied in and you know my my career has unfolded you know to put me in the center of some very challenging um situations where i needed to draw on that um, what i continue to discover as i reflect on dr coleman was that she really embodied this this um this pioneering spirit she was a pioneering spirit in rebellion the New Thought Movement has always been a radical movement. It was never a mainstream movement, and she was always, you know, uh, breaking barriers, whether that be racial barriers or gender barriers, and by by her demonstration. And so, in my ministry, I I I live by the fifth principle. If I cannot demonstrate it. Um, I am not ready yet. I'm not there yet. So I, 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 I watched Dr. Coleman model for me um, as a minister the importance of demonstrating the truth that I say that I know, and uh, that's taken me quite, quite a ways. Thank you, thank you, Yatasha. Um, you and I have had several conversations about Reverend Coleman's teachings around imagination and being able to see the the good that you desire and how that affected uh, teaching African-Americans about how to accomplish uh, their goals. Could you speak a little bit about Reverend Coleman and and how the power of imagination influenced African-Americans and yourself in particular? Sure. Still, well, okay. you know, I talk about Afrofuturism uh, in my works and one of the main things that I like to highlight for people is the imagination. And part of that emphasis is because I came through new thought and the imagination was such a core element of, of Reverend Coleman's practice. And she taught people to be visionary. She taught people to uh, imagine the things that they wanted in their life and to feel confident that they could achieve these things and then how to really engage and, and build spiritually. Um, as it relates to the African-American community, I think, you know, a lot of times when people are in, uh, you know, troubled circumstances, uh, you are socialized to be pragmatic, to kind of keep your nose to the ground and do the practical things that you're told uh, to do to achieve, say, your goals. And Reverend Coleman always embraced big dreams and big visions. And, you know, I think encouraged people to feel like it was okay to achieve these dreams 
and, you know, that your vision could really push you and take you out of your circumstance. And I think that was, you know, a very powerful message. Um, there were some political leaders who advocated through through politics. There were others who looked to help um, people in the African-American community, specifically through business and entrepreneurship. And I think Reverend Coleman was about developing yourself spiritually to achieve these higher visions uh, that you have for yourself and your life. Um, And I also think the whole idea of seeing yourself as a spiritual being, you know, not feeling purely defined by your race, by your gender, uh, by other things that are, that we now, I, I guess in the new thought, uh, language we call race consciousness, um, but more specifically, not to define yourself purely by those labels that are specific to the time, to the history, to uh, location, but to realize that universally in all times and spaces, you're a spiritual being. And that that identity uh, supersedes all other definitions that are placed upon you or that you connect with. And I think for that, you know, it helped a lot of people to push past uh, sort of the socialized conditioning around race and culture, uh, where people maybe had sort of a, a limited idea of who they could be based on who they were told they could be. And she obviously created a pathway for a lot of people to go beyond that, um, African-American people, but I would just say, you know, people in general, um, often are sort of dancing within the limitations placed upon them. Thank you. Thank you for that answer. Uh, Tiffany, I would like you to talk a little bit about uh, Reverend Coleman as a leader and and how that affected you as you went into uh, adulthood, into, into business and management, et cetera. Well, I learned a lot from Reverend Coleman in terms of her leadership style, and I'm really thankful that I had the opportunity to experience it all of my life because, I, you know, I've been at CUT literally all of my life, and so I learned some valuable lessons. And she really knew how to bring people together to, to meet a common goal, but then she also knew how to connect with people, which I think is a very important aspect of leadership. People really felt connected to her. Although she was our senior leader, everyone felt like they could go and talk to Johnny, like that she had that type of personality where people were drawn to her. And that was something that I learned early on in terms of leadership skills, being able to connect with the people, being able to enhance the people. And that's something that she did as well. All of our lives have been enhanced because of our experience with Reverend Coleman and the teachings. And so those are some of the things that I've incorporated into my work life as well as my role on the board. And one thing I really learned about her, too, is that, you know, there's nothing that you can't do. So as a leader, you can't ask the people to do something that you're not willing to do. And so Mm -hmm. she would always be the first to do before she asked, you know, someone else to do something. And she was a very busy lady. And so I also learned great time management skills from her as well. She was able to do a lot of different things, write books, speaking engagements, be at church to do the lesson sermon, 
and she was so dynamic at all of the things that she did. It taught me the importance of multitasking, but not only that, having a passion for something, you can do whatever you want to do. (laughs) And so I've just learned a lot of different qualities from Reverend Coleman that I incorporate into my daily life. Thank you, thank you. Gavin, I want to talk to you about uh, Johnny Coleman from the standpoint of a person who taught success and prosperity. Can you speak about how, you know, it worked out because you, you had a very unique experience as well because of especially the closeness of your dad to Reverend Coleman. How did those lessons end up being incorporated into you as far as Johnny Coleman as a prosperity teacher? Um, well, as you mentioned, the, the closeness between my dad and, and Reverend Coleman was he was her uh, first bodyguard. Um, he was attending church service again, as I mentioned, just there you know, first few times there, and someone, I guess, got a little bit excited about what she was saying and came up, approached the stage, and tried to hug her. And my father at the time was a Chicago police officer, and so he just took it upon himself to, you know, take that person off the stage. And at that point, Reverend Coleman said, hey, I want you next to me at all times. And that was the beginning of the safety team uh, for Christ Universal Temple. But what she placed in him was an image of himself that he could not even see in himself. And one of those biggest pieces was how you identify yourself. Uh, My father went on to have many successful businesses um, in the the security uh, realm. Um, He had the largest black-owned security company in the Midwest at the time. And it was because of Reverend Coleman letting him know, like, hey, you're supposed to be a millionaire don't be ashamed to want more out of life. And it's it's bold statements like that. Like, you know, Reverend Ross mentioned her boldness. It's bold statements like that that just became part of the culture uh, of my family. And, again, also how you identify yourself. I remember as a child, you could almost get away with saying a bad word, one of those four-letter words. But if you said, I am, and put something negative behind it, you would be in real, real trouble. Because that's what Johnny taught us. Like, that that's your spiritual identity. You don't, as a child, go around and say, oh, I am stupid, or I can't do this, because you are placing that in the spiritual realm. And I think that's something that, is, you know, really resonated in the culture of my family and something that I still use to this day. Always identify myself as a spiritual being, no matter what I'm seeing. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. Reverend Ross, um, you were Reverend Coleman many times when she was um, traveling and meeting with uh, visionaries and leaders in other uh, faith communities. Um, What was Reverend Coleman's impact on the greater religious community in the United States and, and abroad? Well, first of all, she always, for 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 as colossal an, an individual as she was, she always maintained a big a beginner's mind. She was constantly a sponge. She was always interested in learning new techniques from anywhere she could find success. And so she was uh, very committed to uh, always being the student. So that was the thing. Her impact, though, uh, throughout the world, um, and particularly throughout the New Thought world, 
Um, obviously, with the establishment of the Universal Foundation for Better Living, um, just an outbreak of teachers and thinkers and leaders who wanted to emulate um, her example in their various cities across the country. And so I grew up getting the chance to, you know, be with a lot of those folks uh, firsthand, like Mary Tumpkin and Barbara King and Marguerite Goodall and uh, Ann Jefferson and, you know, Della Reese and uh, Sheila McKeithen. Got to witness the, the tremendous influence, Evan Reed, the tremendous influence she had on individuals pioneering that was that that to pioneer ministry anywhere is a very difficult thing but something about who Johnny was for um those individuals who followed her and pioneered gave them the the courage to to go and do that including Reverend Donaldson who's my associate now uh she she also um shattered the erroneous myth about what African Americans could do in the ministry and particularly within the New Thought world. You know, the expectation for Johnny after she left Unity was that she would not last detached from Unity. Uh, but clearly, uh, she she proved that wrong. She also earned tremendous respect from her colleagues within Chicago when she built the first mega church um, in that city. Uh, among a, a bastion of, um, at that time, very chauvinistic uh, male, black male clergy, and male clergy in general. So she she continued to um, help us to rethink what the place of um, an African American female clergy uh, could look like at a time when it was completely taboo for for there to be one such as her. Um, uh, Dr. Coleman's legacy is, is continue, uh, continuing to be weighed. You, you bring the subject up about this being a, um, her being a civil rights leader of the mind. And I don't know that she would see herself in that way, but I certainly believe that she was a liberation theologian, that, that her, her, her God was one that set people free and that caused us to free ourselves um, from all of the, the imposed and erroneous limitations that the race consciousness, the world mind would um, project onto us. And she was respected uh, for that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yatasha, uh, one of the things that I don't think I've ever told you was when um, we were going through um, Reverend Coleman's uh, personal items after she made her transition, I found a manual, uh, a notebook manual of uh, that she had in her library, and it was for a futurist conference. She was going to conferences that were that projected thirty to fifty years out, and this was the type of thinking that she was doing. So as I'm thinking about. Uh, Reverend Coleman, from the standpoint of Afrofuturism and the futuristic concepts that you teach uh, people uh, around the world, um, how does the this message, this new thought message that she taught, project out to help people live a better life uh, in now and in the future? Well, 
wow, that's really cool to hear that she had that uh, manual. But it makes all the sense in the world. Uh, I remember seeing an award she received from one of the birth month clubs, likely February. And I have to jump in and say that I, like Tiffany, I'm also an Aquarian. Which might have a lot to do with things as well. But um, I think I saw an award that she received once uh, from one of the birth month groups some years ago. And it was a thank you for preparing us for the 21st century. And, uh, you know, and seeing that, in more recent years, I saw that as very prophetic. Um, and I think because she was a person who talked about focusing on the now, um, people didn't always think so much that the future is now. And in the context of Afrofuturism, you know, uh, when it comes to time, we talk about the future, the past and present being very much one, but that's also a a take on time that's rooted in both indigenous and um, traditional African practices and can be found around the world. And it's tied to a lot of esoteric wisdom traditions, generally speaking. So this idea that you can transform your future and the sense, you can also transform the past by taking the actions that you need to take now, um, it, to me, is very much a, a cornerstone of her message. Um, I remember Reverend Coleman once uh, talking a bit about reincarnation, uh, which she also believed, and said, look, you can focus on these other lives, but do what you need to do now, and it'll take care of everything that ha- that's going to happen in the future and the past like your present awareness of this life you're living now is where you need to be uh, and to embrace the beauty of that and and focus there. And I thought it was very interesting because it provided a pathway for how to even navigate these conversations um, or contemplations around reincarnation, uh, which I thought was really, really insightful. I think yes. that, that Reverend Coleman, much like Jesus in many ways, spoke in parables. Uh, I think that her messages, while people like to say she used a very simple language, it was also very layered. And I, I just really appreciate that in everything she said, she constantly talked about uh, being a visionary. And I think she was very cognizant that her work was, uh, building for a future uh, and transforming and healing a lot of traumas from the past. Well, thank you, thank you. We're almost t- at the point of our break, so um, when we come back, I'm going to open the 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 show up for calls. You can call in at eight one six two five one three five 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 eight one six two five one three five five five. We're going to take this quick break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms.
all are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Before I go forward with the show, I want to, first of all, make sure that you know that you can touch base with Christ Universal Temple at www.cutemple.org. You can watch our live stream, which is 10.30 a.m. until noon Central Time on our website or on our YouTube page, which is CU Temple, CU and the word Temple. You can also check out the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells' Facebook uh, live show, uh, Temple Talks, every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Time. Touch base, connect with us. And I think if you connect with our ministry, I think you will like what you see and what you experience. If you're in the Chicagoland area, please come and join us as we work through our series, Keep a True Lent. So we're in the midst of the series, Johnny Coleman, the civil rights leader of the mind. And I want to give people an opportunity to call in if you want to ask any of our guests today any questions. You can call in today at 816-251-3555, 816-251-3555. Again, one more time, 816 816- Two five one three five five five. Now, uh, I want to go to uh, Tiffany for a moment. When um, your when when I came to the church, your mother was the Sunday school coordinator, and uh, she actually drafted me in to teach seventh grade <laughs> Sunday school. <laughs> That's how I met you. <laughs> <laughs> so so, <laughs> so, um, so you grew up not only being in the youth ministry, but working in the right. youth ministry for Reverend Coleman. How right. was that a unique experience? You know, it was a great learning experience for me as a participant, but then not only as a participant, but to be able to teach and prepare others. And that actually propelled me to want to be involved with youth in some form or fashion, and that turned out to be career development. But my start was really at CUT, you know, helping teaching in the Sunday school, and it was just such rewarding work. And as someone that had come through the program, it was very rewarding, but it also taught me some valuable lessons that I have been able to apply you know, when I went went away to college, having those principles definitely helped me get through my experience in college. Having a health challenge, if it had not been for going through the youth department, and even Reverend Coleman's, and I want to just mention this briefly, but Reverend Coleman's healing story was very dynamic, and it was a learning lesson for all of us in terms of hey, whatever the diagnosis is, that's just the diagnosis. It's up to you and your mind, and so you can be healed. And I had to actually practice that. So in October of 2016, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And at that time, I had the opportunity to apply all of these principles that I had learned over the years, and Johnny's story really helped propel me to see, you know, that was just a diagnosis. That's what the doctors are saying, but 
God had a, a, another plan for my life, and I wanted to be healed. So I used all of those principles, and I remember, you know, Reverend Coleman's book, Open Your Mind and Be Healed, and I saw myself healed. And so even though I got that diagnosis, I looked beyond that diagnosis when I was in chemotherapy or when I was getting radiation. I saw myself healthy, whole, and complete, and that was actually how my healing came about was my constant prayer and meditation and knowing that I'm healthy, whole, and complete and made in the image and likeness of God. And I am so thankful that I was raised in CUT because, you know, I, I can conquer anything. So now I'm ready to write books to teach people how they can master their health situation. So it, you know, and it all started in the youth department. So it's it, it, it's interesting how it all comes back full circle. But that was one of the key points of my healing. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you for sharing that healing testimony. Um, I want to give everybody an opportunity to let people know how they can get in contact with you. So Tiffany, since you're talking, how can people get in contact with you? Sure. My email address is tnw at tiffanynwhite.com. Okay, say it one more time. Just Okay, tnw at tiffanynwhite.com, and that's the email address for my consulting firm, TNW Consulting. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, uh, Reverend Ross, how can people get in contact with you? Well, um, again, thanks for having me on this program. I would love to connect with your listeners, um, and you're always welcome to visit us at Unity of Sacramento International Spiritual Center. Uh, the uh, website is unityofsacramento.com, unityofsacramento.com. Um, you can also download our free app on any of the app platforms um, that you might subscribe to, uh, and it's simply Unity of Sacramento. And um, I'm on um, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, Rev Kev K, R-E-V-K-E-V-K. -E People call me Rev Kev. Galen's been so formal with me today, but I'm, I'm really Rev. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, Rev I'm Rev Kev. I'm Rev Kev. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> and you know, and you you can email me at kross at unityofsacramento.com. Kross at Unity of Sacramento. We'd love to welcome you and take care of you if you came come to California or watch us live ten thirty Pacific every week. We live stream and you can get us unityofsacramento.com. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh Yatasha, how can people get in contact with you? Oh, they can go to my website, yatashawomack.com. Uh, that's just my name, yatashawomack.com. Okay. Um, for, if some people don't know how to spell your name, could you um, spell spell it out, at least the first name? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Everyone knows how to spell Yatasha. Uh, so <laughs> of course they do. Why? Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's Y T A. S as in Sam, H-A, Womack, W-O-M as in Mary, A-C-K dot com. Thank you, thank you. Yahwo.com. <laughs> yes. Uh, Gavin, how can people get in contact with you? Oh, you can reach me here at Christ Universal Temple at gjackson at cutemple.org. Thank you, thank you. So uh, we're going to go forward with some questions. So uh, my next question actually is for uh, Gavin. And um, Gavin, when 
you were um, as, as now as the chief operating officer of of Christ Universal Temple, working under Reverend Wells, coming in to uh, be a part of the day to day bringing forth uh, uh, of the vision of Christ Universal Temple. How has uh, um, working with Reverend Coleman and now working with Reverend Wells helped shape your vision of 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 this larger New Thought movement and how it can help our community? Well, one of the things that was, you know, so important to me is that, you know, what we've learned is available for the next generation. You know, you, you talked about the the advantages that all of us on this call have because we were taught this from, from birth, from such a young age, and our connection to each other is based on that truth. You know, when, when, when we were kids and we saw Star Wars and, and Yoda is teaching about the Force, we're like, yeah, like Yoda's teaching us the real deal because we were learning the same thing on Sunday. And that's just an advantage. Like, I don't care what anyone says. Uh, before I came to this church, uh, I worked in investment banking for years. Uh, I'm an attorney. And when I'm in those spaces, I have the advantage of knowing the truth. Like when I'm at the negotiating table, people are negotiating not just with me, but they're negotiating with God. You know, as far as I'm concerned, they were negotiating with the entire universe because I was taught that from birth. And so Reverend Coleman's legacy cannot just end with those of us that are on this call. Um, so it's a mission. And, you know, the, the, the chosen vessel right now is Reverend Derek Wells. And so what became most important to me is that the authenticity of my truth teachings always stay married with my training as a business person and as an attorney. And so church work is different. Working with people in church is different than any other thing I've done. But the mission is so empowering. It's not something that you can have a, a work day where you're tired, but you're never exhausted because the work itself um, is its own fuel. And what Reverend Coleman, I, I, you know, I think Tiffany taught it best, what, what Reverend Coleman always did was the demonstration, the, the fifth principle, is, as Reverend Ross just mentioned. So I can't walk into work not demonstrating what Reverend Wells or Reverend Coleman taught. It's, you know, it's a higher responsibility. So even if I'm not feeling myself, I have to sit in the parking lot and do my prayer work because that's part of the responsibility before I walk in the building because I have to demonstrate the Christ light in everything I do in this job. And that was maybe not the case when I was working at a, a law firm in the Sears Tower. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Thank you thank you for that insight. Um, Reverend Ross, you were a part of a team that Reverend Coleman put together, uh, or I don't want to say Reverend Coleman put together, but promoted. I believe Reverend Joe Hill might have done it, called the Brothers of Thunder, which when I came to the church in 93, you all were you know, in the mix uh, with Les Brown. Uh, you know, I can remember, you know, Reverend Joe Hill saying, you know, you know, we got these two young men and they're going to go out here and take over the world. Um, what was that experience like having uh, the, the founder of Christ Universal Temple and UFBL saying, I have two young men who I know can help take this message out and teach not only young people, but also adults. Well, it was it was a 
life transforming experience, you know, to make a long story short, uh, we had already begun um, in response to hearing Nancy Reagan uh, say on television uh, that there were no positive youth role models, you know, in the inner cities. And we looked at us ourselves and was like, what you talking about? We're, you know, we're positive youth role models. And so uh, at the time we were in Project New Life, a program run by Les Brown and uh, administered by Eric Donaldson. And um, and we, we saw these two black men on stage doing just profound things. I'm like, that's us. And so we made up in our minds that we were going to be those uh, youth role models. And so we had this tiny little speaking engagement and unbeknownst to us, Johnny was in the back of the room. And when we finished, she gave the slow clap. And and then after that, she's, these are my boys. You've got to come and speak. <laughs> you, know, you know how Johnny was. You've yeah. got to come and speak for your church. And so she had us up on a Sunday. And then really from there, the rest was history. We literally crisscrossed all over the country, um, at conferences and conventions and um, universities and, you know, you name it. We were, we were booked heavily from her endorsement and, um, and so much so that we, we, you know, both of us went to Morehouse and, and that's how we were uh, in big part paying for our tuition, you know, speaking engagements that we got through the brothers of thunder. So her, her confidence in us, her, her seeing us, her standing for us, her supporting us. And, and you know, it, it, it wasn't all well-received. You know, there were some folks who had been sitting there at the church for a while feeling that it was their time. And, you know, and so she took some flack for that, which I appreciate. And I now do the same thing. If I see, you know, if I see a certain gifting in someone, um, and I, I seek to cultivate it. I seek to seek to develop it. Uh, you mentioned some individuals who were instrumental in that process. Uh, Joe Hill was one of our mentors at the time. Uh, he didn't start the Brothers of Thunder. David and I started the Brothers of Thunder, but he was instrumental in, uh, you know, helping develop us and, and encourage us at the time. Uh, way back in the day, uh, later, Gwendol Tate was someone, you know, um, I can think of individuals who saw us, but Dr. Coleman, Johnny, you know, was the one who really pushed us uh, out and um, and and stayed with us all the way. That's one thing I want to say about uh, Johnny. You know, she, if she loved you, she was with you all the way. And you wouldn't believe, given how busy she was, how much time she made for an individual. You know, I talk about her flying in to see me when I was in college and, you know, literally baptizing me when I came into the world, you know, being being there when I graduated from high school and college and when I was married and every just between as the song says, between each line of pain and glory, you know, she made herself felt. I'm in your life. And I seek to do that with my mentees that I um have uh, developed relationships with and and um, and get to celebrate today. I think she loved mentoring. I think she loved it. Yes, yes, she was she was funny. I, I can remember remember her. Excuse me. Go ahead. Excuse me. No, I was saying I, I, it can't go without saying that uh, Reverend Ross's work as a brother of thunder was an influence on me. So as Johnny fed him, he was feeding me as a young high school kid. I don't think I would have gone to a black college 
but for seeing Reverend Ross speak and being like, yeah, I'm a Morehouse man, and seeing him tell the truth and, and tell it unabashedly and be dynamic, mm. Reverend Coleman was feeding me through Kevin. Um, as I'm, wow. just, I'm a few years younger than Kevin, and just hearing that story has brought back so many memories, and the, the influence is still there. So thank thank you for taking that that you know that mantle, uh, Reverend Ross. It's it was huge. And just huge. It was, and I, I'll never forget it. And I'm always grateful. And you know, consequently, it, all of our your uh, guests today are HBCU graduates, and I think that's something right. to know. Mm-hmm. As as was Johnny. Johnny, you know, went to Wiley. You know, um, Clark, Atlanta University is represented twice on this call, yes. right? Um, yes. Yeah. Morehouse. Where did you go, Gav? Uh, I ended oh. up at Hampton University, the, the best place to look at Gav. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they, they, come, on they come, come on now. Come on now. Well, 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 well you know, it's just talking about now. black excellence, so, and that's that's what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> but, but definitely, definitely, I think that's that's worth sharing. Definitely, because that's a part of the story as well. That you know, as a community, people coming together to make sure that we support each other and launch each other into into success. And I think that you know, the modeling makes a difference. It makes all the difference in the world. And I would like to say too that I think the at least one of the things Reverend Coleman did was she valued the culture she was a part of. And she demonstrated that you could find excellence within your culture. And so it wasn't about I have to go outside of my community per se to experience excellence. Um, There's excellence, you know, at black colleges. There's excellence in black institutions. Uh, And she's very much a universalist, of course, but I think that's important to recognize, uh, in in part because so many people are wrestling with their identities as it relates to, well, what's the best, right? Uh, And who's defining that and what does that look like? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, Tiffany, can I just add one thing? Sure, go right ahead. You know, all, all of the people that have been blessed by working with Johnny, I mean, it's just an endless list. And I actually met Bishop Dr. Barbara King through Reverend Coleman and had the opportunity to live with her when I was at Clark Atlanta and just hearing all of the stories about her experience. I know she shared them a couple of weeks ago. Uh, when she was on on Troop Transforms, but just, you know, the lives that have been changed and people that have been empowered by working with Reverend Coleman. I mean, it's just amazing. And at different levels in terms of age and, you know, backgrounds. And so, you know, it's just amazing of the individuals that we've met and that we have interfaced with as a result of, their connections, you know, with Reverend Coleman. She attracted people from different lifestyles, different walks of life. And, you know, it, it just goes to show you how she was a connector. Yes, yes. If we, so, can, if we can add a footnote about the HBCU experience in this this lens of looking at her through the, the, the lens of a civil rights leader of the mind, it we can't ignore the fact that 
she desegregated Unity, coming from an institution like Wiley that buttressed her uh, her responsibility, her a sense of responsibility in in forging a, an equal path. She didn't that, that that didn't just come from somewhere random. She she she's an HBCU graduate, and so right. this is a part of the ways in which we are taught to lead. You know, and and with a sense of responsibility to our communities. So I I I I, I want to just make a footnote of the 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 role, and I think it's a study unto itself. The role that the HBCU experience had in shaping. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny's legacy, um, and and that we're we're all here graduates of an HBCU. I don't think that's um, uh, coincidental. Beautiful, beautiful. I agree. So so um, because we only have about four minutes left, I want if if everyone can just give a forty-five second nugget of Reverend Coleman, like something you carry with you. We'll start with Reverend Ross. <laughs> Oh gosh. Um can I make it funny? Yes. Render therefore unto Caesar the things <laughs> that are Caesar's and unto God the things that are God's. Yes, yes. That <laughs> she would say that quite often. <laughs> uh, Without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good, Kevin. That was that was that was pretty on point. channeling. Yeah, yeah. Yatasha, what's your yeah. your forty five second nugget? That, that's it. That was it. Render unto Caesar. Yeah. Render unto Caesar. Yatasha, right. what's your forty five second nugget? Uh, I would have to just say Reverend Coleman always said to dream big. And uh, I just can't get around that that piece. Um, I can't do the vocal rendition that Kevin did, but this this dream big and knowing that you can achieve it, uh, I think is one of her greatest lessons. And her ability to, to visualize and to not to visualize it, but to literally hold the space for that which already is and to believe it so firmly uh, that it manifests in your life. I think that she embodied that, and just being around her, you, could, you couldn't help but to, to do the same thing. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. Tiffany, what's your 45-second nugget? Well, first I can remember Reverend Coleman calling me little Peggy when she would see me. And then the other thing that I remember is it works if you work it. I mean, that statement still lives with me, and that statement will live with me forever. It works if you work it. And she showed us how to work it, and she showed us what would happen if we didn't work it. So that was the one thing that uh, I would like to, to mention is it works if you work it. Beautiful. Thank you. Gavin, what's your 45-second nugget? I was always struck by her personalization of God. She would talk about God, but then she would say, well, my God is a big God, and therefore I'm supposed to have big things. 
And this should remind you, since your God is a big God, be bold and go after big things. And then just the, the mathematical formula, I would like to call it, is that when she would say that you are the thinker that thinks the thought that makes the things, once you assume and you believe that the thoughts make the thing, and you recognize that you are the thinker, you are not let out of the circle of your own spiritual responsibility of getting these big things. And that, that sticks with me every, every day. Every time I start to think a little small or things aren't working right, I remember, no, I, I'm the thinker. I think the thoughts, and my thoughts make the things. And beautiful, that's, beautiful. that's all I, I carry that with her every day, from her every day. Beautiful, beautiful. You know, um, uh, we're very close at Christ Universal Temple to relaunching our app. And part of our app actually is the Johnny Coleman archives where people have access to, you know, as we, ex- you know, enlarge and expand it out to decades worth of sermons so people can get those lessons for themselves. You know, for me, uh, the one nugget that I want to share is when I first started working at Christ Universal Temple and I was in the ministerial program, but she allowed me to come to the ministerial meetings. And I never forget her telling the ministers, all healing begins in the mind of the practitioner. And she just kept saying it over and over again. All healing begins in the mind of the practitioner. And she was trying to drill down to us as students of truth that the healing, the transformation or the breakthrough happens in consciousness. Then it is manifested into form. And that statement has always stayed with me. All healing begins in the mind of the practitioner. And for me, working with that statement has helped me through many things. So I'm looking at the clock, everyone, and this time has gone by so fast. But it looks like we've run out of time. So I want to thank everyone for being on the call. Um, Thank you for sharing your journey. and. Let's continue to go forward and promote this legacy that was lovingly given to us. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, next week, we're going to have our first show on about the Reverend Dr. Mary Tumpkin. Actually, not next week, in two weeks. So look forward to that show. We're going to have a good time. God bless you all. Take care. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.